Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 67 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob. Hello, Mr. Ross. Well, hello, Mrs. Rachel. Oh. Wow, you are. Was that that? Well, your your time frame, I think, is accurate, right? Uh huh. So that's 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 in your favor. Um. <laughs> what, what what did I just do there, Bob? Was that was that from Friends? It was from Friends. Was that Ross and Rachel? It was yeah. Ross and Rachel. Uh, it was from the episode where they go to Vegas, and. Ross and Rachel get a little tipsy. Okay, a lot. And then they go into a chapel and they get married. And then they burst out of the doors. And he says to her, hello, Mr. Ross. And she says, well, hello, Mrs. Rachel. And then they laugh and then they go out the door and throw up. So (laughs) I figured with, uh, with us covering today, yeah, which would be uh, Captain America 371, 1990, and with it being Steve and Rachel's first date, I I, I figured it was just like just perfect. It, 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 you really, you really uh, again, you, you you boggle my mind with the pop culture references. But I, I got to ask you, was this before? I assume was this after or before they were on a break? Oh, I don't know, Bob. <laughs> I didn't do my research on Friends before Oh, this you did it? Don't you remember they went on a break? We were on a break! <laughs> you can't tell you how many times I've used that line ever since. I, I thought we were on a break. Not now, I'm married, of right. course. But, but yeah, back in the uh, day. Back in the day, my friend. Yes. Well, back in 1990 was when this issue came out. Um, and the cover date was June of 1990. So came out in the spring, you know, a few months mm-hmm. before, uh, but we're going to be covering this uh, because it, it is, uh, and we're just doing one issue. We're just going to do one issue, which means that it will probably only be an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> right. You can, you, most of you can get this done in your commute this week. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. No promises. But um, this, this particular issue, when we post it in the Facebook group, uh, gets a lot of responses. Uh, people loving this issue. Um, hey, it reminded me of a of a sitcom. I love seeing Steve, you know, as Steve, not Captain America. Uh, you know, loved Rachel. Uh, one one of our uh, patrons, Grant Ball, uh, wrote this was his one of his favorite issues ever. Hmm. So a lot of people love this particular issue. So we figured, hey, we need to take a stroll down memory lane in in the nineteen nineties. Let's pick this one. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of fans of Diamondback out there. Um, we all have our own sweet spot, right, of uh, Cap's mm-hmm. lovely ladies. And uh, there's a lot of folks who uh, Diamondback is near and dear to their heart. So. Oh, 100%. We did a, um, I think we did a poll oh, in the Facebook group. Oh, and it could have been about a year ago. So it's been a little while. But it was like, who was your favorite um, comic love interest? And there was Sharon Carter and Bernie Rosenthal, Rachel Layton, 
maybe Peggy Carter was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Connie Ferrero. Connie, yep. Connie, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then Donna, right? Oh, yeah, Donna. Yeah, yeah. yeah from the Kirby run, right? Yeah. Yeah, you had a little thing for her, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I like uh, square, square faces, so, yeah. <laughs> so, ladies, yeah. You, yeah, so you like the big, <laughs> big, big Barda types. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Rachel uh, got a ton of votes, ton of votes in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so we'll, we'll cover that today in this episode. Um, also kind of uh, covering something that went on in, in Facebook, Bob, I couldn't help but notice on your Facebook page, you said that you are looking to lose 10 pounds this year. Yes, that's right. And I thought it was funny what your son said. <laughs> yeah, my son, I told my son and my wife, I said, you know, I think, I think it's time I, I'm going to... Maybe I need to lose a little weight. I'm going to try to lose 10 pounds. And he said, why just 10? You have a whole year. <laughs> what, a, what a runt, you know? Uh, out of the yeah. mouths of babes. Right? I know. Yeah. He's got my sense of humor. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's oh, a God good, good opportunity to, and the time is right. So I yeah. said, yeah, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say that because I also want to lose 10 pounds. Um, so I was thinking, Bob, since you want to lose 10 pounds and I want to lose 10 pounds, we should challenge each other to keep each other, you know, motivated mm-hmm. okay. to lose 10 pounds. Why don't we, over the next whatever, how many weeks it takes, uh, we'll check in. We'll check in and say, how much, how much did I lose or gain this week? What do you think? I think that's a great idea. A little accountability is, uh, is just what the doctor ordered. All right. All right. Cool. We'll do that. Now, let's make it a little interesting, Bob. Oh, okay. Okay. How about a wager? Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. A little, you're a, you're a, you're a man of chance. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I gotta say, you probably have an advantage over me, right? Cause you're six one. I'm, I'm barely five, six. So, 10 pounds on me is a lot harder to lose 10 pounds on you to drop in the bucket, 10 pounds on me. Like if I'm 10 pounds overweight, you notice you're 10 pounds overweight, not so much. So I think I have a little disadvantage here. So maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you spot me something here. Uh, maybe, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to eat with one hand tied behind my back. <laughs> okay. Um, and of course, this is uh, all gentlemen's honor, right? Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're not taking pictures of the scale or, or doing anything like that. Um, you know, we are Captain America uh, believers. And as far as the, the attributes that he stands for, so we're going to be honest, right? Yeah, so right. that's... That's what, what would Cap do? Cap right. would no, be honest. No, and no pharmaceutical enhancements, no lipo. Oh. I'm calling, yeah, I'm just calling you out on that one. No lipo, cryo-freeze. <laughs> <laughs> they have all that down. I don't know why up there. We got all that down here. Well, we record on Tuesday nights. So I generally, uh, God, I, I generally weigh myself like, like on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Yeah. I, oh, okay. But okay, I can I can switch to Tuesday yeah. morning. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as we're one week away. Yeah. Right? Each, you know, we take a week apart. Okay. All right. So, what's the wager going to be? We got to do something fun, something interesting that uh, the listeners 
might actually enjoy. All right. Um, well, you know, my my sister-in-law, whenever she forgets to uh, to get a gift for some occasion, she always says, well, I got you a song and a dance. Mm-hmm. But since we're on a audio podcast, maybe the <laughs> dancing part wouldn't be very effective. Oh, so we will do a song. The yeah. loser, the loser has to sing a song that the winner picks. What do you think of that? Okay. Okay. I got that. All right. I like that. On, on the podcast. On the podcast. All right. So I would say, Bob, you need to sing. Oh, I don't know. Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun. Okay. Right, uh, and, you, and you would might might have to sing Def Leppard's "Pour Some Sugar on Me." <laughs> <laughs> All right, hypothetically, hypothetically, yeah. All right. well, yeah, but you know, yeah. we got time, we got time, and we'll take suggestions too. <laughs> so, if you're in the Facebook group, uh, you could put uh, what song we think we should make each other sing, uh, and uh, maybe maybe we'll go by by votes on that. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, I don't think we should do the whole song. I mean, like, I'm not going to go, hey, Bob, you need to sing American Pie. Uh, we'll lose <laughs> listeners. <laughs> on the- Where'd all our patrons go? <laughs> yes. You, got- you need to sing Inagata da Vida. All right. Uh, uh, you know, you know uh, some sort of Frankenstein, like whatever 10 minute song. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to, uh, what do you say, a minute or is that too long? I think that might be a bit too long. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm a little bit fragile minded when I'm listening to a podcast. It's not somebody singing 30, uh, you know, a minute. Uh, I might, I might, I might have a problem. Okay. So yeah, I thirty wanna, seconds. People are in traffic. There's road rage. You know, <laughs> all kinds of things to worry. We don't about. want people swerving. That's yeah. true. All right, it's it's a bet. It's a wager. All right, starting next podcast, we'll weigh in, and uh, the first person to lose ten pounds will um will be able to pick what the other person has to sing. All right. All right. All right. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So let's get to uh, this week's issue, which is Captain America Volume 1, Issue 371. As I mentioned before, it had cover date of June 1990. Who, who was the creative team, you may ask? 
on this. Uh, we're we're into the run of Mark Grunewald, right? He's been writing this for a few years now. Um, and before there was, uh, you know, just fantastic stories um, that were done with uh, artist Kieran Dwyer. We went through the whole Captain uh, storyline. Uh, and now we had just finished um, about nine issues earlier. We just finished the um, Bloodstone Hunt. And that was a great story. Uh, fun, fun story, a la Indiana Jones, globe trotting around there. And uh, it, we, matter of fact, we covered that one of our very, it was our very first Captain America volume one story that we covered in this, in this podcast was episode three. So check that out. That was a 1989 story, um, issues 357 through 362. So what, what, uh, what has happened since then? Well, we have a new artist. Um, so Kieran Dwyer left and Ron Lim came on and Ron Lim, uh, had a nice little run on this series. Uh, and, and he gets a lot of votes when it comes to favorite cap artists. Um, he has a distinctive style. Uh, he certainly does. He's done a lot of cosmic stuff, right? He's best known for silver surfer. Uh, he had done the infinity, uh, gauntlet, infinity war, infinity crusade, um, you know, he, he's kind of known for, for those kind of space type stories, but he handled Captain America very well for a little while here. Uh, Danny, uh, Belandi is the inker and that name should sound familiar. He's been a, a longtime inker on the series. Colorist was Steve Busalato, letterer, Jack Morelli, and the editor, Ralph Macchio. Uh, and then there's a backup story in this, which we'll also cover in today's episode written by Mark Grunewald. Um, this one has art by Mark Bagley. And then inked by Don Hudson. And, and that's something that they started doing a little while ago is having these backup stories. Um, and it's been pretty interesting. Uh, some of them, uh, the art was by uh, Mark Bright. Uh, and then Mark Bagley has been doing um, the art recently. Uh, so we'll get into this backup story. And the solicitation that Marvel put out when they were advertising this uh, comic for, for the retailers to order, it said, Cap finally goes on a date with Diamondback, but Gamecock, the Trump, Black Mamba, Asp, and Anaconda want to make it a night they won't forget, plus a special Diamondback tale. So that was a solicitation. And for those who didn't read this uh, when it came out, they're, uh, they're new to this or they don't remember comics in this time period. And you might've said, did he just say Trump? No, I said the Trump. Uh, the Trump is a character, uh, kind of a C-list villain. Like all of these are C and D-list villains, really, to be honest with you. But uh, the Trump is a magician. And uh, I guess named after kind of like a Trump card, if you will. All right. I don't remember reading this when it first came out, Rick, but uh, this was uh, this was a busy time for me in my life. Um, so I'm not surprised I missed it at the time. But that's that's the thing with uh, like the Facebook group, right, is you get in, in the podcast uh, is you get sort of turned on to some of these stories you missed the first time around. Mm -hmm. 
Now, so. I remember getting this myself because I was in college at the time, and I still have my 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 original issue. Wow. So when when we last left off here in the podcast, we were doing that bloodstone hunt, and it ended with issue three sixty two, and this is of course three seventy one. Um, what happened? in between that time well, at the end of 362 bob i don't know if you remember at the end of the bloodstone hunt crossbones runs away with diamondback he kidnaps diamondback cap was kind of like hmm where'd you go and then he kind of stopped paying attention well the next couple of issues uh 363 and 364 we see crossbones takes rachel to madripoor and then uh, kidnaps her, t- takes her to a, a bordello and uh, ties her up to a bed. And then, um, you know, he, but she escapes. And then Cap travels to Madripoor to try to rescue Diamondback. But of course, she escapes, doesn't need him to, to rescue her. Um, and, there's, and there's two issues or, or cover that. And there's a battle between Cap and Crossbones. Then we get into three issues of Acts of Vengeance. Do you remember that? Probably not, because you said you were a little busy during this time. Acts of Vengeance was this interesting crossover that Marvel did to swap up the villains. So we're going to have the Red Skull take on this this hero. And then Magneto is going to come over and take care of this hero. And, and it was some sort of idea to kind of change some things up. I mean, if you remember a couple uh, episodes ago with Jim Shooter, what he was talking about, um, you know, he said basically, and he was gone by this point, but uh, he basically said, hey, um, you know, if someone said, you know, you can't use Dr. Doom as a fantastic war villain. And he was like, no, you can totally you know, like, you can use any villain you want. And he liked the idea of mixing things up. He wrote the story in issue 259 where Doc Ock took on Captain America. So he he liked that sort of thing. And, and I think this, this was kind of a continuation of that, this Acts mm-hmm. of Vengeance three issues. Then uh, there's a, a, a couple more issues. And then there's this how, uh, House of Skull issue um, that we will have to get to one of these days. It's an interesting one where... Uh, the Red Skull's on his deathbed, and uh, Steve and Rachel go there to uh, to to check this out because, as far as Captain aware, he thinks the Red Skull died. Um, so uh, that brings us to they just got back from the Skull House, and that brings us to this issue. So this is a fun cover. Right, because and they took a little bit of a chance here because there's no Captain America on the cover. Instead, you've got a Steve Rogers in his civilian clothes, dressed up, walking with Rachel Layton in her civilian clothes, dressed up, and they're walking down an alley, and you've got some villains on one side of the corner waiting for them to cross, and some and some of the the uh, the female fatals from the um, serpent society up on a roof, looking down on them. And it says nothing can prevent cap and diamondback from having a pleasant night on the town. And then a separate box says, Oh yeah. 
And this story is called Cap's Night Out. And it says at the bottom here, the most offbeat Cap tale in years. Manhattan is a 24-hour town, a city that never sleeps, a place where something is going on all the time. One adventure leads right into another. In short, it's a perfect place for people like these. And you see Cap standing there, and he has this look of like surprise on his face. And then there's Rachel in her diamondback uniform pointing to his chest with one hand on her hip. And it says, having just returned from their run-in with the Red Skull upstate, the intrepid Avenger walks his occasional companion, Diamondback, to her Upper West Side apartment. And she's yelling at him, and she says, what do you mean? Well, see you around. So Cap looks at her and says, look, we've helped each other out a few times, but now it sounds like you have some expectations of me. You're not letting me in on. I'm not looking for a partner. I've had plenty. They never seem to work out. I'm not looking for a girlfriend either. I've also had those. And with all my Avengers duties, I simply don't have time for a social life. So what's left? How about friend? You have anything against friend? Define friend. You serious? Okay. A friend is someone you can call on when you're in trouble or lonely or just in the mood to go out and have fun. Any problem with that? No, friends, it is then. Okay, friend, so I'm in the mood to go out and have fun. What are you doing tonight? Well, I, I have some work to catch up. Now, wait a minute, Cap. When's the last time you relaxed and forgot your responsibilities for a couple of hours? All work and no play? You're heading for a job burnout. And they're just having this conversation on the on the on a street corner, right uh, in the middle of uh, downtown, in, in the middle of the night. And Cap gets out his his fingers and he starts counting on his fingers. I managed to schedule in some leisure time during the week: read, swim, work out. I don't mean that stuff. I mean something social. When was the last time you went out in the town with a pretty girl hanging on your arm? A date? And then he thinks to himself, how long has it been? There was a time when I used to go out at least once a week. Then Bernie broke off our relationship, went off to law school. Guess I haven't been able to pick up the pieces of a personal life since then. I'll admit it's been a while, well over a year. Okay, so tonight you're going out with me. Here's my phone and address. Pick me up at eight. And don't you dare bring your uniform or shield, you hear? And she hands him a card. Now, wait a minute, Diamond. No offense, but I'm just not the kind of guy who would look right going out with a girl with magenta hair. And she does. She, you know, going along with her pink Diamondback costume, she does have magenta hair. And she turns and she looks at him and smiles. I'll fix it. Just be there at eight. No excuses. See you then, sport. And she walks off. Cap just walk, looks at her walking away. And he looks a little confused. <laughs> I love that panel. Yeah, a little exclamation point over his head. <laughs> of course, um, she is walking away from him in that diamondback costume of hers. That's a good point. 
So we have uh, Rachel sitting in her apartment and she's on the phone. Tanya, hi, it's Rachel. Boy, do I need your help. Now, who's Tanya, Bob? Gosh, I don't remember where. Tanya is Black Mamba, who's her best friend on the Serpent Society. Yeah. So she says, I'm going on the date of my life tonight. I've got to look spectacular. You got to help me get ready. Pretty please? Of course I will. So who is he? You don't know him. But let me tell you, he's the handsomest guy who's ever looked in my direction. And then she thinks to herself, better not mention he's Captain America. Tanya wouldn't understand. Her being a member of the Serpent Society and all. All right, be that way. Meet me on Columbus at any 81st in an hour. Thanks. An hour later. So the two of them are in their civvies and they're at a, at a hairdresser's. We'll start at the top, your hair. I pulled some strings and got my personal hairdresser, Eugene, to start to see you on such short notice. You're a lifesaver, Tanya. Don't know how I'll ever repay you. Well, for starters, you could tell me a little bit more about your mystery date. He's just a cute guy I met. Is he in the business? Um, sort of, yes. Fact is, he, he's a regular magnet for trouble. Hmm, I've never seen Rachel like this. When she was in society, she told every single guy who came up on her to take a hike. This date of hers must be one extraordinary person. Meanwhile, back at the Avengers headquarters... Of course, you know, Bob, I want to say it like, meanwhile, back at the Avengers headquarters. <laughs> that was perfect. Right? I mean, you just hear yeah. that, right? When you see meanwhile, that's like the voice I hear in my head. So the, uh, the, uh, his three companions are there, uh, you know, the guys that work on his team. Now, you might remember them from the story of the, the Bloodstone Hunt. And they were... Uh, I'd say Michael O'Brien, John Jamison, right? Which is J.J. Jonah Jamison's son. He's the pilot. And then uh, Fabian uh, Stankowitz. He's like a mechanic, right? Yo, Captain. Hi, Mike, John, Fabian. You guys seem Jarvis. I need to speak to him. I'll see if I could scare him up soon in Cap's private quarters. And there's Jarvis. Now he's got, Jarvis has got a, um, an eye patch on his left eye, Bob. Do you know why that is? He's channeling Nick Fury, Rick. Uh, that would be absolutely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so what happened was in, a, in an Avengers tale, uh, had the Masters of Evil with... Um, Baron Zemo and oh gosh, what's his name? The um, Mr. Hyde. I think the wrecking crew. I, I can't remember, but um, they attacked the Avengers and really damaged and bloodied a lot of them. And then uh, I think it was Mr. Hyde beat Jarvis to, you know, pretty bad. And that's how he lost his eye. You wish to see me, master Steve. Yeah, I actually have a date tonight, Jarvis. I could really use your help getting ready. Very good, sir. The civilian clothes I recovered when the island sank are, well, pretty out of style. 
Say no more, sir. I know an excellent shop. A few hours later, and then we have uh, the older Peggy Carter, who is also on Steve's team. Steve, can I believe my eyes? Are those shopping bags in your hand? I need something to wear. I, uh, I'm going out tonight, mademoiselle. Oh, I'm so glad she comes up and she gives him a kiss on his cheek. I get worried about you never taking any time off. Really? Thanks, I guess. I'll be in the gym if anyone needs me. And then it's seven o'clock. Here's Steve in his 1990s wear. Yeah, well, yeah double pleated uh, pants there. Oh, love the pleats. Mm-hmm. Can't have enough of those pleats. Uh, and, uh, and then he's got a pinstripe jacket, sport coat. With, with a, you know, Bob, look at that pocket. Yeah. He's got a little, uh, mm-hmm. got a little handkerchief coming out. Yeah. And the skinny tie. It's a little skinny tie. Very skinny tie with yeah. a tie tack. Mm-hmm. holding it into his shirt oh my god i totally dressed like that back in 1990 yeah yeah i i was dressing like that in the late 80s so uh yeah uh, there's a little bit of miami vice you know mm-hmm. going on in my my wardrobe at the time with my pascals mm-hmm. my set my satin skinny ties oh yeah very nice and i i, I would have looked like him too because i my hair was blonde and wavy like that Back in the day, yeah, I didn't. I didn't look like (laughs) didn't look like him at all. (laughs) Well, let let me let me rephrase that. I would have looked like the before the super serum uh, version. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Steve says to Jarvis, he's rocking a really cool comb over right there. Mm. So, how do I look? Splendid, sir. You are sure to knock them dead, as they say. Well, guess I'll be on my way. And then he's going to turn off the light and he looks back and he sees his Captain America uniform and shield. And he looks over his shoulder. Wonder if I dare bring better not. So within the hour, he is now uh, at the front door of Rachel's apartment. But Bob, he's got flowers in his left hand. Mm-hmm. I, I I always bring flowers to when I meet friends for a casual social evening. I, so, all right. Is this just old fashioned Steve where he bringing flowers because he's seeing a girl and in, even though they're friends or does he know it's like a romantic mm. date? What do you think? I, you know, that's a good question, Rick. And I, I, I got to admit I'm torn, right? Because I do think, he is a very obviously very traditional, conventional guy from from that time frame. From that time frame, right? And mm-hmm. so I think I think maybe he would just bring flowers anyway, just as a gesture of of you know thank you for for the night. But on the other hand, I you know her 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 arguments notwithstanding uh, to get him to go on this outing. Uh, I do think he 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 knew what was coming down the pike uh, and just decided, well, maybe I'll just go along with it. What could it what what could happen? So you're basically not picking a side. You're picking both. OK, correct, sir. OK, well done. So he's thinking to himself, hey, I just realized she's never seen me with my mask off before. No big deal, I guess. I'm. I'm not as paranoid about guarding my private identity as some of my colleagues. 
who is it? Your your date, uh, Steve. I don't think I even told her my real name before. And she opens the door and she says, hello, Steve. Diamond? What did, you look terrific. You're looking quite scrumptious yourself. And there's a nice big panel of Rachel in uh, brown hair, uh, brunette, right? She's not got not rocking the the Rachel um, pink that she had, mm-hmm. and she's got on a a yellow. Oh no, I'm sorry, an orange dress uh, with a little uh, half coat over top of uh, her and uh, a big belt. Uh, quite the 1990s look with the big hair as well. That is that is definitely 90s rocker hair that yeah. she's got going on. Yeah. And she says, but please, tonight, I'm Rachel. Let me get my purse. And then they, they go walking out. And he's like, I can't get over how normal you look, Rachel. You look great in civvies too, Steve. So where are we going? And they're out in the street, and he hails for a taxi. I know this nice pasta place in the village. Taxi! Bleeker and Thompson, please. And they drive off. But what they're on the street, sitting there, is a stretch black limo. And you hear a voice inside say, there they go. Follow that cat. And sitting in the back of the limo with the window down is... Her friend, Tanya, also known as Black Mamba, and their colleague from this uh, Serpent Society, uh, which is Asp, who is, um, her, her name is Cleopatra, but she goes by Asp. Makes sense. So Steve and Rachel are sitting in the back of the cab and looking a little nervous, and Steve says... Um, so, um, uh, Rachel, nice night, isn't it? And then I, I, I love this about Grunewald's writing is that he does the, he does the thought balloons all the time and he adds elements of what people are thinking. And, and in this case, Steve's goes lame Rogers lame, which adds to the story, right? Because it shows that Steve who has captain America is very confident He's a natural leader. Everybody kind of is, you know, drawn to him. But as Steve Rogers, he is very vulnerable, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's insecure. He's out of his element. Um, so I like that. But Mark Grunel also will take a thought bubble and just add it to some superfluous character that has, you know, never just some side character, right? And, uh, and then sometimes it's just, it's kind of strange, <laughs> you know, like uh, someone brushing a broom will all of a sudden think, um, wow, I've, I've got to get this stuff done. You know, like, like he just throws these things out there. So, right, um, yeah. uh, but I, I love that about Grunball's writing. So Rachel then thinks to herself, this is too much. The ultra cool, ultra calm Captain America sounds as nervous as I am. Mm-hmm. It's very pleasant out, almost balmy. So then all of a sudden there's a, uh, some sort of traffic jam. And then we hear these different voices. I, I, I'm not sure where all the voices are coming from. Um, I think the first balloon is Steve saying, 
I'm glad we decided to do this. I really haven't. And then we hear these other voices. Hey, what's the hold up? A lousy traffic jam at this time of night. I think I see red blinking lights. Police? One of us better go and look. Cleo? All right. Be careful. She doesn't see you. So that was um, Black Mama talking to Asp. And so she's got a trench coat on, Asp. So And she starts walking on the, on the road towards the, where the police cars are. And she thinks to herself, hmm, it is some kind of police matter. And the police are yelling, okay, fella, just let the woman go and no one gets hurt. Beat it, lady. No rubbernecking. That guy wearing a chicken suit or what? And sure enough, there's the game cock on the top of a, a staircase in front of a door in an apartment building and the spotlights are on him and he's got his, his claw up at this woman's throat. I'm warning you, this is between my woman and me. I got a teacher that nobody says no to the game cock. Nobody says no. <laughs> no means no game cock. Yeah, this is uh, this is pre pre that time frame. Gamecock didn't get the memo. Help, please help. He's crazy. And one of the other police officers thinks, Gamecock, he's some two-bit gang leader up in Harlem. He's straight off his turf. And Asp thinks to herself, Macho creep, you deserve a taste of venom. Come on, Gamecock. Let her go and you'll be back on the street by morning. Hurt her and you're looking at hard time. And Asp sneaks behind the police officers. She gets up to on the side of the building. Ah, this angle should do it. Charlotte's my woman. This is just between her and me. If you goons don't buzz off. And then there's a big zap. Actually, that's probably not. I, I said it wrong. Bob, how do you say this, this special effect here? Zap. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and he does. He gets zapped and he, and he falls backwards. I ain't going to be responsible for it. Whoa. What the heck was that? Lightning? Move in. Move in. Freeze, rooster man. And he's laying on his back and he puts his hands up. Game cock. So uh, Asper's walking back in her trench coat. And one of the, the, the taxi that Steve and Rachel are in, he, she's walking by and the, and the driver says, so what's going up there, lady? Cops caught a purse snatcher. Did Rachel notice me? Don't think so. Looks like she only has eyes for her date. Fifteen minutes later in Greenwich Village, they're getting out of the taxi. Well, it wasn't the quickest ride I've ever taken, but at least we made it. Yeah, and it was all I could do to keep him from jumping out to see what the holdup was. The restaurant's right down this block. And they get to the restaurant, and there's a sign on the door. And Steve says, what? Closed? When did that happen? This used to be Bernie's favorite eatery. Um, I didn't think to call first since they don't take reservations. I'm sure there are plenty of other restaurants to try. How about Mexican food? I can always eat Mexican. So they're inside and the waitress is taking their order. Frozen strawberry margarita for the lady and just a seltzer for me. Salt or no salt? Salt. 
such a gentleman mm-hmm. placing the order for for his lady an alcoholic beverage at that well funny you should say that because uh rachel asks him tell me something steve don't you ever drink alcohol no my father had a drinking problem i've had an aversion to this stuff ever since you don't mind people with you drinking not in moderation and by the way uh we have black mamba also known as tanya she's wearing a black or blue trench coat with a hat big brimmed hat over her and she's standing at the bar eavesdropping she thinks to herself your date really is a looker rachel can't blame you for being as excited as you were now bob i want to stop here because it's interesting that grunewald writes that steve doesn't drink and he has an aversion to it mm-hmm. and that his dad was an alcoholic. I don't recall ever hearing that his dad was an alcoholic before this. I think I've seen some flashbacks. I can't remember if they were before or after 1990. Something tells me they were after 1990. I thought so as well. That, I, I was surprised too, because I didn't recall that. Um, I, hadn't, I didn't read this at the time. It's been a long time since I have read it probably in the last five years or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I didn't remember that that had been broached this early um, about his dad being an alcoholic. I know it's, you know, sort of been common more recently in the last 15 years, but, uh, but yeah. So yeah, this may, so it could very well be the first time. I'm not hundred percent sure. However, I'm surprised that Grunewald did this because mm-hmm. knowing that, that Mark Grunewald has been the man of continuity at Marvel, right? Like he was known as the continuity cop at Marvel. Um, he had to know that there was a story by J.M. DeMatteis um, during one of the first stories that he wrote that had Steve in his civilian with Sam and one of his other friends. I can't remember which one. They're at a bar drinking pitchers of beer. Mm-hmm. And then Steve and Sam kind of got a little bit tipsy. Right. And then they went out uh, into the, the alley to stop a crime. And remember that? Yep. Yeah. So um, that story is interesting because one, Steve was drinking. Two, even with his, you know, super soldier serum, he could still get tipsy. Um, so that was, uh, I don't know. It's almost like they, like that story has been like forgotten. Right. Yeah. I got it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to go too far afield, but I, for one, have never liked that sort of embellishment to Steve's background story that his dad was an alcoholic. Never sat well with me. And I know that was, particularly in volume seven, that was really dug into quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, it just never sits well with me. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, that, you know, maybe that's going to be part of the top 10 retcons or something, you know, when we mm-hmm. get to that that episode. But yeah, it, I don't know. Like maybe the writers felt like, you know, how can we make Steve's 
past even more challenging, right? His mom died at an early age. He was a scrawny kid. He was in the middle of the depression. He didn't have any money. No, that's not enough for him to overcome. Right. Right. He, his yeah. dad also had to be an alcoholic and, and abuse him, him and his mom. Yeah. You know, like, like why was that necessary? Why, but why was it I necessary? don't know. Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe some people uh, like, like that story and, and say, you know what? Hey, maybe, um, maybe for, for, you know, I mean, let's face it. Unfortunately, uh, abuse like that is not so incredibly rare, right? Unfortunately, yeah. right? I mean, so there's certainly people who have suffered through that, their trauma, been victimized. Um, maybe this is uh, another way to say, hey, look, you know, Steve, as a frail person, kid, you know, was able to overcome this. Um, you can too. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here. Uh, you know, but anyway, I found that interesting. And, and this first thing that came to my mind when, when, in this scene, in this comic. Good catch though. And after a leisurely meal, we see Steve and Rachel walking at night. Uh, and now, uh, you, you know, I don't know if you noticed, uh, and I didn't point this out before, but when, when Cap or Steve was hailing the taxi in the very beginning, of their date, mm-hmm. Rachel had was carrying her her jacket, you know, uh, not the mm-hmm. one that I pointed out that she was wearing, but she brought an yeah. additional jacket in case it gets chilly. She was holding it. Now we see Steve walking with the jacket draped over his arm, almost like a waiter. He's carrying Rachel's jacket before her. Wow, the plot thickens. That's the little details, Bob. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So how do you feel about magic? What do you mean? Do I believe in it? No, not the real kind. Stage magic. I know a terrific magic club on Carmine Street. Sounds great. Thank goodness they're still in business. I think they have a 10 o'clock show we can catch. And they're walking into a, a place called Mostly Magic. So they're sitting inside and there's a guy on the stage and he's looks like he's juggling apples or maybe they're levitating. It's hard to tell on a comic book book panel. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy, kind of a nerdy looking guy. He's like, how do you like them apple folks? What, it, what, what quote is that from? That would be Rick Goodwill hunting. Yes. Very nice. How do you mm-hmm. like them apples? When did Goodwill Hunting come out? I was just wondering that too. It, it was certainly after this. It had to have been. Um, yeah, so it was 1997. Yeah. So so maybe maybe the writer, maybe Matt Damon and Ben Affleck stole that from this panel. Maybe. Right? Because that's what yeah. he's saying here. He's like, how do you like them apples, folks? I, I got to think that that was a, a common saying. I don't know why I got to say that, but I think I might have heard it growing up. That sounds like something like, you know, my dad would say his generation. Wasn't the quote more like, how do you like them apples? 
but there wasn't an emphasis on them. I always thought Ben Affleck put an emphasis on them. I think it was just the Boston accent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I always thought Ben Affleck, uh, you know, he was like, how do you like them apples? Right. Right. right? Yeah. Like he'd be totally put an emphasis on them, which according to the letterer here, bolded the word them. Oh, well, here it says right here, uh, and, and you know, you know, Wikipedia is not wrong. It says, how do you like them apples is an expression that supposedly originated during the First World War when the Allies' anti-tank grenade was colloquially called a toffee apple because of its bulb-like appearance on a stick. The phrase was a taunt against the enemy when the uh you know the toffee apple grenade stuck to the tank oh interesting now in wikipedia uh does it actually emphasize the word them it does say how do you like them apples no no i know it says that but does it emphasize the word them and in bold or italicis or anything like that no it just says how do you like them apples Okay, right. That's my point. British, a British That's an expression. That expression has been around for a long, long time. How do uh-huh. you like them apples? Uh-huh. Right? But how do you like them apples? I think that's a variation of the expression. All right. Okay. Because it's kind of like someone saying to you, how do you like them apples? And then you do something, and you're like, how do you like them apples? Right. It's almost like a reaction. All right. All right. At this right? point, people are like, they're like looking forward. They're like, please, Bob, start singing. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So Steve says to Rachel, he's pretty good, isn't he? But then, and then there's all of a sudden appearing in front of this magician on the stage is the Trump. Now he's a, um, he's got a black costume on that has red singular stripes not like a pinstripe a red collar red mask and uh and a white cape white gloves and he's on a white um cane right Mm -hmm. and uh he just shows up appears out of nowhere i interrupt this cretin's performance to bring you a special treat an impromptu an unannounced once in a lifetime opportunity to see the ultra stylish laird ledger domain of the one and only trump and he puts his hand up like ta-da <laughs> and the guy behind him thinks hey how'd he make yourself scarce apple eater this stage belongs to me run along or i'll make you go poof capiche and rachel looks at steve is this part of the show beats me poof ow what did i tell you and then Sitting in the back of the audience, we have Black Mamba. And she's she's thinking to herself, the Trump, eh? What a scoundrel. Went out with him once, and he stuck me with the check. Must be here to sharpen up his sleight of hand skills. Ah, this is a riot. Or else to fleece the crowd. Wouldn't put it past him just to be on the safe side. I better take him out of play as only... The Black Mamba, Ken. Now, do you know what Black Mamba's special power is, Bob? You know, Rick, I got to tell you, I, I, uh, I got a thing with the Serpent Society. 
Um, Why did it have to be snakes? Riches, I'm not a fan. <laughs> and so I've always breezed past the Serpent Society stories. I'm just not familiar with uh, the characters in the Serpent Society. So you're going to have to educate me here. Well, I won't have to educate you because Mark Grunewald does that in this story. He explains her power. But all of a sudden there's this black kind of mist that exudes from her and starts floating towards the Trump on the stage. The Ace of Spades is a special card with special... Damn those hyphens, Bob. Because it says PRP hyphen, and then it goes the next line, Erdies. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. The Ace of Spades is a special card with special properties. <laughs> let's did it again. Properties. <laughs> it can, uh, and then he starts thinking, what? Am I seeing things or is, is there some kind of weird mist around my head? And then Steve starts clapping. Ha ha, never saw that trick before. A deck of cards that emits smoke. But Rachel knows what's going on. She's like, that's not smoke. That's the weird dark stuff Tanya uses to memorize people into thinking they're seeing their greatest object of desire. Is Tanya here? And if so, why? And so that's her power, right? They just explained what Ooh. her power is. Well, and then what does the Trump see, Bob? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I rescind my previous comment about not being a fan of the Serpent Society. <laughs> 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 Woo, so uh, this is a very, very, um, Tanya appears to be uh, unclothed, uh, shrouded in a mist. Bound chicka, bound, bound. Yeah. I'd be mesmerized as well. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. Because uh, I know you got a little thing for, uh, you know, black hair, uh, little brute beauties like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she is. She's standing there uh, unclothed, uh, although she has her arm over her chest to, to hide anything, you know, make this a, a PG comic. Uh, and she says, I want you, lover come follow me and she's like doing a little you know putting her hand up with a little her index finger kind of like you know pointing follow this way i'm doing this but no one can see me doing these (laughs) (laughs) you know this motion yeah just like that folks just like Greg rick is doing and he's like yes and then the audience like ha look at that jerk pretend he's being hypnotized (laughs) <laughs> and he's, he is, he's just walking with his hands out with this black mist around his eyes. Take me, take me. And then people in the audience, here's their thought bubbles. And one guy's like scratching his head. Why did that masked man leave so quickly? I'm not sure I understood his act, but he certainly went over big with the weekend with the weeknight trade. And then we see uh, Rachel has a thought balloon. Don't see Tanya anywhere. Guess that mist is part of his act. So then the, the little Apple guy, nerd guy comes back on the stage. Let's all put our hands together for the comedy stylings of the Trump. Was he something or what? 
and he thinks, That dippy drop-in threw the pacing of the whole show out of whack. No problem. I'm a professional. I mean, like, like Bob, like these two thought balloons, completely unnecessary to the story. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Yeah, that right. Gru does this all the time. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's endearing or just annoying, but yeah. it is it is him. And when the evening's performances conclude, so the two of them are walking outside. This time, Rachel is wearing the jacket that Steve was so nicely carrying for her. So uh, what are you in the mood for now? I don't know about you, Bob, but they just went to dinner and a show. Mm-hmm. That's twice as much as what I usually do when I go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, how do they get this all done by nine? Cause that's my bedtime. I know. So, and then Rachel says, anything you suggest is fine by me, Steve. Bomb chicka, bomb, bomb. He's like, okay, then let's see. Uh, how about we walk a bit? It's a nice night. You know, my old neighborhood isn't all that far from here. Mind strolling in that general direction? I'd really like that. And then Rachel thinks, I'm not sure, but I, I think he's really trying to open up and show me his human side. Ten blocks cross town. Now that's just too far, Bob. Yeah, that's a bit much. Ten blocks? Come on. So he points to his old brick building. That's it. The building I lived in as a kid. After my dad passed away, my mom started a hand laundry right there in that basement. I used to help her when I got home from school. Kind of surprised the place is still standing. I, I don't get down here much. You may not believe this, Steve, but I spent my formative years on the Lower East Side. Really? Whereabouts? South of Yancey Street. Come on, I'll show you. What? More blocks? Dear Lord. I didn't know you were a native Man- Manhattanite. I'm not, technically. I was born in Texas, where my mom's from. We moved here when I was three. And then they eventually get to it, and it's a boarded-up old building. See that tenement building? My gang, that is my crowd, used to hang out here. Had my first kiss sitting on that stoop. Hmm. Steve, this may sound silly, but would you... Excuse me. But do you hear what I hear? What? You mean that commotion? What do you think she was about to ask him, Bob? I don't know, Rick. Um, judging from my personal experience, I believe my wife used that exact same opening the first time we kissed. So, oh, really? Yeah. So maybe she was uh, she was going in for the uh, for the smooch. I don't know. I think you're right. I think she's like, hey, let's go sit over here where I got my first kiss and mm-hmm. you can give me my most recent one. Right. Yeah. Commotion? Sounds more like a demolition derby. So Steve just starts running down the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, those double pleated slacks, you could see the muscles bulging out of his pants. It really do give you a freedom of movement that uh, <laughs> sort of the more recent skinny jeans simply don't. It's true. Yeah. She's like, Steve? No, no. I knew it was too good to last. He's going to play hero. So Steve turns the corner and there's these two people battling in front of this particular building. 
what in the, a man and woman fighting, wearing costumes. And there's this big, gigantic, you know, very strong looking woman. She's like, hold still, Jack, so I can give you what's coming to you. Pound cakes, baby, chill out. I tell you, I meant that I, I said as a compliment. Yeah, I'll bet you did. No, really. Now, she, her name is Pound Cakes. <laughs> all right, we'll leave that alone. Okay. Yeah. All, all right. right. Uh, you know what his name is? His name is Jack Hammer. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that, but I guessed it from his attire. Yes, because he he's kind of got a a helmet that looks like he could pile drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. He could pile drive pound cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could jackhammer away. Oh, uh, oh boy. So pound cake says Look, Romeo, a wrestling superstar like me has a reputation to worry about. If I let every two-bit pug hit on me in the public like what you did, tell you what, if I could pin you, then will you go out with me? And then Rachel grabs Steve on the shoulder. Come on, Steve, no need to get involved. They're not hurting anyone except each other, maybe. Look at the cracks that woman is making in the cement with just her boots. Any minute now, there's going to be some major property damage, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, Steve. (laughs) Got to be worried about that property damage. But you don't have your costume or that I do do this plain clothes. But before he can do that, this black limousine pulls up right in front of Steve cutting off between him and pile driver and pound cakes. And it, and then guess who the driver of the limousine was? Anaconda. She's a member of the Serpent Society. She's a big, big, big woman. And she comes out, she goes, Mabel, Harry, what's all the ruckus about here? Whoa, that's the strong woman from the Serpent Society. Anaconda, she's big trouble. What she want? Name ain't Harry. It's Jackhammer, lady. Whatever. I think it's time the three of us had ourselves a little chat. Come along now. Now, Anaconda's uh, power is her arms can stretch out like a big anaconda snake wrap around someone and jack henry yells hey and pile driver or i'm sorry pound cake is like freak and then there's a big what's that sound that makes Uh, yes which tells you that the uh asp zaps them and then they get pulled into the limousine and rachel yells steve and the limousine pulls out. What happened? Those two pugilists just disappeared into that limo. Guess someone's as concerned about property damage as you are. And then we look inside the limo, 
and the two of those ne'er do wells are uh, on the on the floor of the of the limo tied up, and Black Mama says, "That was our closest call yet, but you two did great." Anaconda's like, "Dimey better appreciate all the trouble we're going through to make sure a date with tall, blonde, and mysterious pulls off without a hitch." So where do we dump the losers? And then we cut to Steve and Rachel in front of her building. And the caption reads, inevitably. So Steve says, I really had fun tonight, Rachel. Thanks for talking me into this whole thing. Maybe next time you won't have to twist my arm so much. I had a wonderful time too, Steve. Well, good night. No goodnight kiss? Do friends kiss friends? Friendly kisses, sure. And they kiss. Um, Bob? That doesn't look like a friendly kiss. No, no. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's not like any friendly kiss I've ever had. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Uh, I, apparently. Uh, yeah, I mean, a friendly kiss is like a, you know, peck on the cheek. Maybe peck on the lips, but uh, lips don't usually do what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. We used to do in the, in in the diplomatic side. You know, we did those you know those sort of like cheek kiss. You know, where you go like, you know, one on each cheek. You know, you uh-huh. go back and forth a few times. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, maybe it's, a few more if you really liked it. Yeah, it's really weird because like you know, like you don't know who's doing it. You know, like, do I do I do the handshake or do I do the, you know, it's just, it gets confusing. Bob, Bob when you meet people, mm-hmm. how do you greet them? <laughs> if you, if you know, these are friends, uh-huh. oh, friends or yeah. family, people that you know well, how yeah. do you greet them? Oh, it's definitely uh, go with the handshake, pull them uh-huh. in for a hug. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very masculine. Yeah. Very I'm masculine. a big pull in for the hug sort of thing. Okay. I, you know what I do? I go right for the hug. Yeah, you go right in, huh? I go right in. Yeah. I go right in. Yeah. See, I'm I, a hugger. I, I got the hand. I pull them in because otherwise I- you Yeah, know, we I see want, you're six I, one. I, I don't want to go for that. That's a power move. I don't want right to go for the hug and then they're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> abort, <Not> abort. <laughs> oh, I, I'm a hugger every time. I'm a hugger every time. And what happens is people, <laughs> people who don't want to hug, they're like, oh, 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 I'm getting hugged now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's your mail. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll be 217 <laughs> um yeah it's funny uh it, it, when my first marriage um i i uh her side of the family did not like to hug uh-huh. in fact i was nicknamed the hugger <laughs> <laughs> here's the funny part my son my son's just like me Uh just like me he's a hugger he's a hugger and the funny thing is is now he's he's older right he's Mm -hmm. he's in college uh he's so much taller than me now so it's so funny when he comes in he's like bending down to Uh hug his dad (laughs) which makes me feel a little insecure but whatever that's okay my daughter on the other hand couldn't couldn't be no, don't hug me. Don't hug me. Yeah, no, she's not a hugger. She's like oh, her mom. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, oh. so he's like his dad. She's like her mom. In fact, for Christmas, 
we got <laughs> we got my daughter a t-shirt and it's a picture of a cactus and underneath <laughs> it underneath it says not a hugger <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> uh, so one of these days bob now mm-hmm. you know what people may who've been listening to this podcast for a year now or or not a year but they've they've listened to all these they may think you and i have yeah. go way back right right oh yeah but we don't we don't we don't yeah. it's yeah. this april will be two years yeah right since yeah. we've virtually known each other we've never met anybody in person yeah. Right, we almost met once, but I had to abort. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's yeah. true. You, uh, you were almost up in uh, this area, uh, or whatever. Yeah. One of these days, I'll get down to Florida, and here's the funny thing: we'll go in for the hug. You're going to go in for the handshake. I'm going to go in for the <laughs> hug, and then you're seven inches taller than me, and it's going to be awkward. I'm just, I'm just going to snuggle you up in it's there. Gonna be awkward. <laughs> you're going to be like patting me on the head. <laughs> there you go my hugger <laughs> oh, that's good funny all right so uh rachel goes into her apartment and she's walking in uh the doors of clothes she's inside walking in and steve ever the gentleman is standing there watching her walk away making sure that she's safe right because that's what a gentleman does and then he hails a taxi, right? So just around the corner, uh, Asp says, I'm sorry, Black Mamba says to Asp, thank God it's over. Think we ought to follow the cab? Check this man of Rachel's out a little bit? No, I, I think we've done enough undercover work for one night. So good thing they didn't follow him because they would have put one and one together and figured out he was Captain America because they went to, you know, He's at the Avengers headquarters. And 15 minutes later, Steve's walking in. Glad to see no one's waited up for me, I guess. I'm sure they're all going to grill me about my night out tomorrow. So then we cut to the bathroom where he's got his shirt off. He's brushing his teeth in front of the sink. Funny, I must feel guilty for enjoying myself so much. I certainly didn't expect to. Rachel's so unlike Sharon, Bernie bernie now he's laying in bed he's got his he's on his back hands behind crossed behind his head i really need to talk to her tell her i finally filled the emptiness that her leaving left inside me he's picking up the phone a land phone by the way and he's like wait what am i nuts why would she want to hear that especially at 3 a.m so he laying back down his hands behind his head on his top of his bed what a life i lead i'm usually too busy or too exhausted to think about it much anymore don't know if that's good or bad for years my american dream has been to fight to give other people the chance to realize whatever their american dreams might be i guess i've lost track of how this commitment to others has left me with so little time for myself i'm not complaining Life is full, rewarding, and yet I see by tonight how I've been denying myself a lot of life's simple pleasures. Maybe I've got to find a way to work more fun into my life. I'm sure Rachel will be more than willing to help me do it. But before I'd let her, I'd have to know 
she's willing to give whatever Ill- illegitimate activity she may have once engaged in for good. Now, that's the end of that story. Now we're going to cut to the backup story, which, as I mentioned before, the art is by Mark Bagley. And we cut to Rachel entering her apartment after their date. And the name of this story is Girl Talk. So Rachel has a smile on her face. And she has she's thinking... And the caption says, while Steve Rogers' thoughts turn from euphoria to melancholy across town, and we see Rachel, and she has a smile on her face. She's thinking, what a night, what a night, what a night. I even got him to kiss me for criminy's sake. And here I was hearing things, or did he actually say something about next time we have a date? Man, oh man, I knew I'd get over on him if I really worked at it. I knew even a living legend had a heart that could be won. Okay, so it's not all like he's all mine or anything, but I just know I'm the top contender. He's got to be thinking of me right this minute. And then standing in the room as she's walking into her apartment is Black Mamba in her trench coat. And Rachel's like, someone's broken in. And she pulls out a diamond. At ease, dear. Oh, you. What are you doing here, Tanya? I just had to know how your big date went. Now, Bob. Mm -hmm. So we switch from her taking off her coat, not not even her overcoat, her undercoat, Mm -hmm. right? And she still has the orange dress, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... In this next, I just know how your big date went. Mm-hmm. And in this very next panel, she's wearing a nightie right. and putting on a robe. Yeah. Not sweats. But it yeah. Very, very quickly. It was a quick do, presto changeo. But I think, you know, these like superhero supervillains, they all, they get really good at this quick change. Uh, occupational skill set. Yeah. A very good point. Yeah. Very good point. You've got your nerve barging in. What if my date was, you know, still in progress? Ha! You don't think I know how far you'd go on a first date. I'm your best friend for crying out loud. Let's have some tea. Come on, don't be shy. Tell me, how was it? It was great. All I hoped. So what's the story in your mystery man? All you said is he's handsome and attracts trouble. What's he got that all the serpent guys hot for your bod don't? Well, he's just the most incredible guy I've ever met. Gentle, honest, charming, manly, but boyish in certain ways. You know, Bob, I'm looking back now on our what would Cap do coins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we have the wrong attributes. Yeah, you're right. These are um, right. I mean, our attributes. I'm looking at a coin right now. Our attributes say humility, empathy, honesty, perseverance, integrity, mm-hmm. compassion, sacrifice, courage. How was I to know all along we should have said gentle, charming, manly but boyish, 
Well, you know, the second edition. That's <laughs> true. Next coin. So Black Mama says, I didn't know you went in for that sort of stuff, Rachel. <laughs> well, he's the reason I want to go straight. He wouldn't approve of me working for the Serpent Society anymore. I just know it. Let me ask you something, friend to friend. How do you intend to support yourself? No offense, but I don't see a lot of conventional skills you could put on your resume. I don't know I'm, what I'm going to do yet. We do get jobs that don't require lawbreaking, you know. In fact, I've got a bodyguard job tomorrow, a cool 10 thou for a day's work. I'll be willing to cut you in. It's tempting, but I really shouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to spoil your evening, Ray, but is this guy really worth all this? How can it be right for you if he won't accept you for what you are? Is any man worth the sacrifice you're making? What do you hope to get out of your relationship with him? Good times? Regular you-know-what? Marriage? What's the regular you-know-what, Bob? <laughs> Life insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Health benefits? Health benefits, yeah. Dental, <laughs> dental plan. Hmm. Richard looks down at her tea. I don't know. Well, if I were you, I'd factor in what you stand to gain before you figure out what you're willing to give up. Just some sisterly advice. You can ignore it. Oh, look what I did. I ruined your good mood. I'm sorry. She reaches in. She kisses her on the temple. No, it's okay. I better rub before I strain our friendship further. I'll see myself out. Good night. Slam. And man, Rachel overreacts just a tad. She she smacks her teacup on her saucer and her and what's it what's that expression? What's the sound effect here? Splash. And she knocks it on the floor. And she starts just running away to her bedroom. Some friend, darn straight she ruined my good mood. What makes me angriest is that she's right on the money. How am I going to make a living now that I'm out of the mercenary game? Here I am contemplating a life of virtue, and I haven't the slightest idea how superheroes make ends meet. And she goes into her closet, and she looks at her diamondback costume. wonder if Cap has paid anything by the Avengers. I never thought I'd ask, but he must be. Well, I got a lot of sins to atone for before I'm Avengers material. What else is there? There was that Heroes for Hire firm, but they're out of business. What if the law simply doesn't pay? And then she tosses the diamondback uniform on the ground. Is Cap worth all this grief? The empty bank account? The empty feeling inside me? And then she goes and she tosses herself on the bed face down into her pillow. What is wrong with me? I haven't let a guy get to me like this in years. I was just having a fun at first flirting around with a living legend, but why did I let myself fall for him like some silly schoolgirl? What am I going to get out of this besides having my rep as a criminal ruined? Am I really so vain as to think I have what it takes to make a man like Cap love me as I want, need me? 
Am I really so vain as to think I have what it takes to make a man like Cap love me as I want, need to be loved? Why do I have to complicate my life so badly? Next morning, Rachel's on uh, her phone. It's a cordless phone, Bob. You know how you could tell? The absence of a cord? Uh, the long antenna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tanya? Rachel, did I get you up? No, just on my way out the door. Hey, sorry about last night. Really, I should have given you a day to get down off your high before. It's okay. Uh, I just wanted to ask you. You changed your mind? You went in on the job? No, I, I wanted to ask you if Sidewinder's sister still ran that fashion boutique on the Upper East Side. I believe so. Why? I was thinking of calling her to see if she needs a new sales clerk. And then in the background, we see the Diamondback uniform on the ground. The end. So what'd you think of the story, Bob? Yeah, that was a fun story. Um, it was cool. It was cool. Always fun seeing the personal side of Steve, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we, we see <clears throat> Captain America. We see the living legend. We see the man from World War II, the man out of time, the the leader of the Avengers, the leader during secret wars, the the guy full of confidence that walks around, everybody you know, trusts and believes in. Uh, but then there's the Steve side that just reminds us, you know, he's just like us. Yeah. He has doubts. He has insecurities. He has things that he thinks about. He ponders over. He worries about. That's that's always good every once in a while to see, to to remind us that he's relatable. He's not this godlike character. He's he's just like you and me. Yeah, yeah. I think this story does uh, this this issue does a great job in driving home that point that uh, you know outside of the mask, he's just a regular guy. And uh, he's a little bit older than, you know, those around him. He's got some experiences that they don't have, but, uh, but he, he, he has those doubts and securities. Like you, like you said, the same ones that, uh, that we all have when we go out on those first dates, he has those same butterflies that we all have. I bet this was very, um, very relatable to, to, you know, uh, teenagers, you know, young men and women readers uh, at that time who picked this up off the, off, off the newsstand and said, wow, this is just like the last date I went out on with, uh, with that girl or that guy. And I think that's pretty cool that a writer can, can do that, can make a hero relatable to the everyday experience of a reader. Oh my God, Bob, I, you just nailed something home for me. Like hit very too much to the core. So this book probably hit the stands. It has a June 1990 cover date, but it came out in April of 1990. Right. Mm-hmm. Bob, April of 1990 was my first date. Who ended up being my wife. Oh, wow. Wow. How weird is that? Yeah. I was going through these same emotions yeah. in as a time of I was 
getting this off the comic stand and reading it, I was going through this. So yeah, Bob, you're absolutely a hundred percent right. It so relatable to me. Uh, yeah, I was uh, in college and this was, uh, April of 1990 was when I, I met my girlfriend who ended up becoming my, my first wife and, uh, was together with for a very, very long time. Uh, so wow. Yeah. So there you have it. I'm not saying it now. I'm not telling, uh, I'm not telling folks to go plumb the Captain America comics for dating advice <laughs> or, you know, tricks of the trade, so to speak. My, my son, you know, my son's 12. He just turned 12 and he's been learning lines uh, from his, his best friend, who's an eighth grader, a seventh grader. Uh, and, uh, and the lines are, uh, as bad as you might imagine. <laughs> and so he's been like trying them out on my wife. My wife's like, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, you mean he was like, Hey mom, if I, uh, if I say this to uh, a girl, what do you, what would you, how would you react if, if, if you were her kind of scenario? Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, Hey, check out this new one. I heard, you know, and, uh, let's hear one. Do you know, oh, I, mean? I think well, one of them was, had, I think it was something like. You may not be from Tennessee, but you're the only 10 I see. (laughs) (laughs) You handle this, honey. (laughs) (laughs) What's the, oh gosh, what's the one where, um, uh, um, if I told you, you had a beautiful body? Would you hold it against me? Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, I haven't told him that one yet, but no. <laughs> oh, you totally have to now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. That's too funny. Oh, that's yeah. too funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bob. Well, this was a fun story. Uh, we will certainly have to revisit the Mark Grunewald, Ron Lim era um, because, you know, shortly after like well not shortly the very next issue after this is the six part story six no seven part story streets of poison oh my god we got to do that one rick yeah yeah we totally do i know that's a fan favorite Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like how do we do a seven part story we'd have to break that up into two episodes right we did i don't want you know folks are going to be late to work they're going to be circling the parking lot. You we know. already promised them this is one issue that we were going to keep this short. <laughs> they're like, I've been out here. They're like those folks trapped up in Virginia during the snowstorm last night overnight. They're sitting uh-huh. in their cars trying to finish the seven part series podcast. We got to, yeah, we got to make it digestible. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Well, we'll get to the streets of poison. Uh, we, we also need to do acts of vengeance too. That's mm-hmm. a three-parter that we can do. Uh, I want to do that two-parter of uh, Cap versus Crossbones and Madripoor with Rachel. That should yeah. be one that we do. I love I love Madripoor stories. So yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, because uh, you know what happens after Streets of Poison is the story where Rachel is on trial with the um, Serpent Society. Because uh, for, you know, because they, they realize that she's now with Captain America. So she gets captured by the Serpent Society and, and she goes, you know, on trial with them. So that's a cool story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, we got to get to these early 90s Grunewald, Ron Lim stuff. So we'll revisit that uh, definitely again in 2020, we promise. All right, Bob. So speaking of, did you say we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, we're gonna get to those in twenty twenty? I mean, do you have some pin particles that we're gonna? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, some people. You know, some people when it, when there's a new year, they still write the old year. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I like to go back two years. Two I'm years. A, yeah. I like to. That's you're, what I like to do. You're an overachiever. Uh, <laughs> We're very, very under either one. Uh, yeah. All right. So speaking of uh, upcoming stories, our next podcast, Bob, this is exciting. Are you ready for this one? Ready. We are going to go to the year 1980. And we're going we're gonna to visit Captain America 241. And I know what you're thinking. 241. I don't know what the issue that is. Well, that's okay. If you saw the cover, you would see it. It's Captain America versus the Punisher. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do that issue uh, in the next episode. So make sure you come back for that. Um, and also, please, please, please make sure wherever you're uh, listening, uh, please subscribe. Uh, if you're on Apple or if you're on Spotify, please give us a, a five-star rating um, and, uh, and please, uh, any type of reviews. We really appreciate those as well. All right, Bob, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. Let's do this again real soon. All right. He's Bob Lucius and I'm Rick Verbonis. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. <music> Thank you.